going to all the time. <laughs> we just got to keep our eyes on Jesus and keep looking at him the whole time. I, I've somehow these last few months and, well, nine months maybe, I've got a fresh revelation that the person of the Lord Jesus Christ is the person you need to concentrate on in your Christian walk. He says, as we keep looking at Jesus, we are changed from glory to glory. But if you take your eyes off Jesus, you're in problems. You know, we've heard a lot of talk about the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is a wonderful person. He's God. But he's there to show us who Jesus is. And Jesus is the head of the church. You know, and if, if we don't hold on to the fact that Jesus is head of the church, we find ourselves looking to man as our help and our source and other things instead of the Lord himself. He is the head of the church. There's a scripture I, I want to read to you before I start. It's in Colossians. And, um, and as I read this scripture the day, I thought, what is this all about? You know, because sometimes you read the word of God and you think, well, I haven't really read that before. I have read it, but I've read it, but I haven't really noticed it. And in, in this, in Colossians 2, you've got Paul talking to the church, and he's saying, uh, in verse 6 he says, As ye therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. As you've received him, walk ye in him, rooted, built up, and established in the faith. So you need to be rooted, built up, and established in the faith. He says, and he says, beware of philosophy, deceit, vain deceit, traditions, rudiments, he says, which are not after Christ. And there's something about religion that wants to put tradition, form, rote, ceremony, and all these things to keep you going on a sort of religious roundabout but we're not supposed to be on a religious roundabout we're supposed to be in a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ he's the head and we're the body and we've got to have this life it's coming from the head into me Christ in John 15 John the Apostle says he is the vine and you and I are the branches we've got to keep joined to him as we said in North Wales union communion, dominion. I want dominion, don't you? I want to live a life of victory. I want to be praising God. I want to be full of joy. I want to say, this is the day the Lord has made. Let me be glad and rejoice in it. I don't want to be under the circumstances. I want to be over them, don't you? And I want to be an overcomer. And sometimes I fail. And the Lord says to me, well, you've just taken your eyes off me. You just keep your eyes on Jesus. Now, how do we keep our eyes on Jesus? It's the word of God. This word is the word of Christ. 
His name is the Word of God. When John the Apostle writes his epistle, he says, The Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. He calls Christ the Word. The Word was made flesh. Wasn't it? The Word was made flesh. And he dwelt among us, John said. And what's going to happen, as you look at this Word and you see Jesus walking through this Word of God all the time, wherever you look at this book, you've got to see Jesus. Because he's not only your Saviour, your Justifier, your Sanctifier, your Glorifier. <laughs> he's, your, he's, he's adopted you, you're a child, you're an heir, you're a joint heir. And it's Jesus who is your great high priest. Are you living under an Arionic priesthood? Or are you living under a Melchizedek priesthood? Yeah. Which priesthood are you living under? Man or Jesus? You've got to be looking at Jesus. He's our great high priest. Thank God for every ministry. But you've got to follow one person. Paul says, it, follow me as I follow Christ. Isn't it? It's Jesus. It's all about a person. It's all about a person. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. He is wonderful. <laughs> he is a wonderful person. I remember going to a village not far from where I lived to, to buy a piano. I was in this village and the piano was a bit too expensive so I didn't buy it. And I saw a Bible shop over there and I looked in this Bible shop and I saw this big book and on the back of it, it got Leviticus. <laughs> and I thought, Leviticus, now that's one book I have problems with. <laughs> when I come to Leviticus and I'm reading through the Bible, I think, oh no, not Leviticus. <laughs> anyway, I bought this book written by an old preacher back in 18-something. And of course, I didn't know. He's a famous preacher. I didn't know then, but I know now. He's a famous preacher in the Christian world. I can't remember his name now, but anyway. <laughs> anyway, never mind. <coughs> and it's a strange thing, you see, when God is trying to get through to you, you're facing something and you need to come through it. You need to get a revelation of who? Jesus. <laughs> Well, as I began to read this book, I got a revelation of Jesus in Leviticus. Now, I never thought that Jesus was in Leviticus. <laughs> I thought it was a lot of Old Testament ceremonies and law and all this stuff, you know. But in fact, Leviticus has got more words of God, direct words from God to man in it, than any other book in the Bible. And strangely enough, I didn't know that till I read this book. <laughs> but the strange thing is, you see Jesus, and he was quoting a book from 1500 and something. You can't get this book now, it's writer. Bonner, Bonner his name is, that's right, Bonner. I can't remember his first name, but anyway. And, uh, and he, and he gave, gave me this thing, and, and it, what he taught me was, when I'm coming together, or I come to the Word of God, I'm coming... As we come here now, we're coming to the great 
inhabitant of the house. Yeah, we got to get our minds off ourselves and get our minds on the Lord Jesus Christ. Because if you can see Jesus, everything will change. Because he's full. He's absolutely full of the power and the glory of heaven. Read Hebrews 1. It's elevating. When, when Paul is writing to his Jewish Israelis, he's saying to me, oh yeah, you think you want to go back to that dead law? No, I've given you a new and a living way. You know, we, I passed some roadworks and I was looking at the way they were digging down the foundation to build these new roadworks. Well, do you know that Jesus has built such a foundation that nobody can move it? It's such a foundation that's so sure. This new and living way is such a powerful new and living way that if you get on it, you can get to the glory. But you've got to get on it. But a lot of people are on the old way. The dead way. Dead religion. No, we want a new and a living way. Isn't it wonderful that God has laid this foundation in Jesus Christ? My, what a price was paid. These, these motorways cost a lot of money to lay, don't they? Well, this spiritual way leads from earth to glory. You can get on this new and living way and it'll take you right there, right in. But you know what religion does? It says, oh no, you can't have the glory till you get to glory. Well, you can have the glory on the way to glory. You can have a bit of it now, but you've got to be prepared to get on the new and living way. And there's a price isn't there? To be paid to get on this way because it means you're going to have to deny yourself and deny what you want to do and do what God wants to do in your life. And it's not easy for us because we like to do what we want to do. But there's something about this way of the Spirit that cuts me out. Thank God for all the persecution. It does you good. Isn't it? Thank God when people run you down. <laughs> Because you need to be kept down. Because if you get up too soon, you might be like that frog in Aesop's fable. The frog. He went into the field and there was a great big ox in there. And the frog said, why aren't I big like that big ox? Why am I such a little person? And this big ox, he said, I'm going to blow myself up and huff and puff until I'm as big as that ox. And he huffed and he puffed. And he got pretty big, this frog. And eventually he got so huffed and puffed that he blew up. <laughs> you can't puff yourself up, you'll blow up. But if you can get Jesus in you, you'll grow up. <laughs> you'll get stronger. <laughs> you'll get bigger. You'll become somebody in the spirit. <laughs> You'll be able to walk in the Spirit. Isn't it wonderful? It's tremendous. Do you know, I think the Lord is encouraging you to say you can go deeper and you can get higher. 
Do you know that Jesus is a wonderful person? <laughs> He's got all power. <laughs> He's got all power in heaven and in earth. And this is what this scripture says in Colossians. Well, I, I don't know whether I can't read it all, but this verse 19 says, and yes, in verse 18, let no man beguile you with your reward of voluntary humility, worshipping angels, intruding those things he has not seen, vainly puffed up, like the frog, puffed up. He says, puffed up by his fleshly mind. Your fleshly mind will puff you up. And when he's puffed you up like he puffed Saul up, Saul built a monument to himself. I'm anointed king. And this little whippersnapper David, who does he think he is? You know, if God chooses David, you can't change God's mind. No, you can't. And Saul puffed himself up and he fell on his own sword. No. How many Christians have I seen that puffed themselves up and blew up? No, it's Christ in us that lifts us up. And this is what Paul says, and not holding the head from which all the body by joints and bands having nourishment ministered and knit together increaseth with the increase of God. Well, I'd like that to happen to me. I don't know whether you'd like it to happen to you, but I think if I can hold Christ up, not me, not some ministry, not some Arionic priesthood, but I want Melchizedek priesthood. This priesthood I got is Jesus, and it's the power of an endless life. I'm into something that's going to last for eternity. You're worried about why you feel now. Hang on, you're on a big thing. <laughs> if Jesus conquered sin, death and hell, and the grave, he can do something for you because he's got all power. But you've got to believe in it. You've got to keep looking at him. You've got to keep honoring him. You've got to become his disciple. I mean, as that sister said last night, it's Matthew 13, many followers, but few disciples. Everybody wants the buns and cakes, don't they? But we, we're not in for the buns and cakes. We're in it to serve the king. What does it matter what people think about you? Who cares? It's what Jesus thinks, isn't it? Jesus says in John 12, if you serve me, you'll be where I am. Well, I want to be where Jesus is. And he says, if you'll be where my, you, I am, my Father will come and honor you. Well, I tell you what, I want his honor. Because if I've got Jesus on my side, Paul says in Romans 8, who in the world can be against you? <laughs> Nobody can be against you, because if God be for you, my goodness. We're privileged people. We are privileged people. I tell you what, God chose me. Has God chosen you? Has he elected you? Are you part of his family? Are you his son? Are you his daughter? Are you an heir? Are you a joint heir? Are you enjoying this? Or are you enduring it? No, we're supposed to be enjoying it. 
As we said in North Wales, no feasting, no Christianity. We're supposed to enjoy it, get excited, get full of it, start jumping. It's wonderful, isn't it, what we've got? It's tremendous. It strengthens you. It comes out of your inner man into your outer man. Well, praise the Lord. If we could only hold the head, says from which all the body and joints and bands having nourishment ministered. I haven't got my NLT with me. I wonder what that would say in the NLT. We've got NLT. Verse 19. And they are not connected by the head of the body, or we hold the body together with it joints and movements. Give it to me, dear. Let me read it. Yeah, I, I study in LNT when I talk to people, and they are not connected to Christ. See? The head of the body. For he holds the whole body together with its joints and ligaments, and it grows as God nourishes it. It grows. It grows. I want to grow, don't you? I don't want to be a pygmy Christmas, Christian. No, I don't want to be a nursery Christian. I want to grow up. I want to be strong. Don't you? So when you meet something, you can eat it. You can eat your enemies because you've got Christ in you. You hold the head. You hold the head. Do you know, I was going to speak on something, but I feel that I should speak on. I turn turn now to um, Luke chapter 24. And in Luke 24, we have this very famous incident that we have mentioned before. Of these two on the road to Emmaus. Do you know, it's funny how you can be reading something and the Holy Spirit then begins to speak to you and show you something that you need in your life to help you to get through what you've got to go through. See, these two on the road to Emmaus, it says that it's in 24, 13. And behold, two of them that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem, about three store furnaces, they talked together of all the things that have happened. Well, Jesus is not in the happened. Jesus is in the now. Isn't he? The problem with some people, everything's in the past. But faith is always now. Faith is always now. And the the astonishing thing about this, you read this, is, and it came to pass that while they communed together in reason, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. And he said, eyes were not, were holden that they should not know Jesus. And Jesus said to them, 
What manner of communication are these that you have one to another as you walk? And you notice this statement, and are sad. If you don't, if you don't know what you have in your faith, now, and you think it's, it's all been so good in the past, you will be sad. Because you, you think, well, I had it then, but I haven't got it now. <laughs> What's gone wrong? Well, the fact of the matter is, if you're a believer, Jesus is with you. <laughs> Isn't it? He never leaves you. He never forsakes you. But you just don't know he's there. <laughs> but he's there. Isn't he? So don't look at your past. Look to Jesus now. Isn't it? Look at Jesus now. And then and the one of them, his name was Cephas, answered and said to him, Aren't thou only a stranger in Jerusalem? And hast not known the things which have come to pass in these days? And Jesus said to him, What things? <laughs> you know, Jesus is good and he leads the one. <laughs> what things? <laughs> and they said to him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was, <laughs> see, he was. No, no, he is. <laughs> Not he was, he is. <laughs> he was a prophet, mighty in deed and word, before God and all the people. Had the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death, and had crucified him. And then the but. But. We trusted. <laughs> that it ha had been he which should have redeemed Israel. But he had redeemed Israel. <laughs> That's what religion does to you. It's all in the past. Oh no, it's now. Now faith is. Isn't it? Now faith is. And how the chief priests and rulers delivered to death, but we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. And beside all this, today is the third day. <laughs> but he'd already told him he was going to raise on the third day. But nothing registering up here. Nothing. That's what religion does to you. You believe in Jesus, yeah, he's died, but he's not here with me now. Well, Jesus is here with you now. That's why you've got to keep looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith, haven't you? He's the author and the finisher of my faith. Jesus, my great high priest. He's the one. So when I come to this word and God gives me a word, faith comes. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by this word. And when I get faith, Gurnell, the great Puritan preacher, says it's the chief of all graces. And it enables me to tap on to love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness. It's all on the basis of my faith in that grace. Grace is coming down to me. I receive it by faith, isn't it? Yea, and certain women also accompany me this astonished. Astonished, in other words, now. Astonished. For which were early at the sepulchre. And when they found not his body, they came saying they'd seen vision of angels which said that he was, he was alive. Well, he is alive. <laughs> he is alive. 
Yeah, he's alive. And certain them which were with us went to the sepulchre and find it even so as the women had said, but they saw him not. And this is what Jesus says to them. This is what Jesus says to us when we start thinking like that. That's what you call stinking thinking. Isn't it? He said, oh fools. Fools. To believe something is not as it actually is. Jesus is alive. Jesus is here now. It says where two or three are, Jesus is in the midst. Jesus is here. And where Jesus is, anything can happen. When you reach out your hand of faith, you can receive anything from that person, the Lord Jesus Christ, because he is the glorified, risen Son of God. We've got all power. All power has been given to him. Isn't it wonderful? Oh, fools and slow of heart to believe. To believe. Do you know one of the greatest battles we face in our life? We go home from here, and the Holy Spirit will say to you, I think you should stop doing that now. And I think you should do a bit of praying. And I think you should start reading the scriptures. Start communing with me, says the Lord. And you know, you feel, and your brain says, oh, I feel a bit tired now. I don't know whether I can do that at the moment because I've been very busy doing this, that, and the other. And then, and you know, it's a sluggard, slow heart. And a sluggard, slow heart doesn't believe. Your flesh will tell you all sorts to stop you getting hold of and communing with Jesus. I tell you, this is it. It's in this nitty-gritty at home, <laughs> isn't it? Is when, when, when you, is, is, are you looking, is Jesus first? Is he, is he precious to you? If something's precious, isn't it? Something's really precious, you value it. Well, Jesus is the most precious possession that we have. There is nobody like Jesus. Nobody. He's just wonderful. And then he said, Ought not Christ to have suffered these things to enter into his glory? This had to happen, didn't it? We don't fully understand iniquity, do we? We don't fully understand probably the cost that's been paid to get us out of the state that we were in as, as all children of Adam. But he had to do it. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expanded to them in all scriptures the things concerning himself. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expanded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Jesus is the person who walks through the Old Testament. Isn't he? He is a central person. He expanded it, and they drew nigh to the village, whether they were made as though he would have gone further. 
And they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them, and it came to pass, as he sat at meat with them, he, Jesus, took the bread, and blessed it, and brake it, and gave it to them, and their eyes were opened. You see, if you're in trouble, and Jesus is with you, and he starts to break this bread. This is the bread. He starts to break that to you. You'll suddenly see Jesus. That's who you need to see. Because once you see Jesus, <laughs> all the sadness is gone. All the butts are gone. All the we thoughts are gone. Aren't they? Because Jesus is there. And these people that were so sad and so tired and so depressed, they get so full of joy, they run back those six miles to tell the other guys, we've seen the Lord. Well, Mary's already told them that, but we didn't believe Mary, don't we? No, we don't believe Mary. Because, you know, Mary, well, that's Mary. No. This is the point, isn't it? But this is the big point. This is the big point I want you to get. If I can remember what it is. Yes, I can. <laughs> Let me put my glasses on. <laughs> and they said one to another, and this is a statement, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us? By the way, while he opened to us the scriptures. Jesus wants to take away your sad heart. He wants to take away your unbelieving heart. And he wants to give you a burning heart with fire. That fire for Jesus. That's what he wants to give you. A burning heart. You know, we used to sing a song in the glory, set me on fire, Lord. Some people wonder, what in the world are we on about? Well, this is what we're on about. We need a burning heart. We do. You know, Jeremiah the prophet was, had a pretty rough ride, didn't he, Jeremiah? He uh, wrote Lamentations as well, didn't he? They didn't like Jeremiah because they didn't like what he was telling them. Well, every prophet that's come to the church, they don't like them. They didn't like Henry. My, my, abomin my denomination, rather, they didn't like Henry. But you see, I got, I got set free. I thought, I've sat in that church for 18 years with that lot, and all I've heard is a lot of... Uh, and I go to this place that they say is all flesh, and all froth, and all bubble, and dancing girls, and uh, I get quickened. I get born again. I come home and they say, it's tremendously. <laughs> they want to pour all the cold water they could on it. But I thought, you know, when I was young then, I was a bit aggressive, you know, I wasn't very... 
I thought. I used to call them pesticostals. <laughs> I used to call them Philistines. The Lord had to deliver me from, from the wrong attitude. <laughs> but, but we need fire. We need a fire in our belly, we do. Somehow we need the Holy Ghost and fire, <laughs> don't we? We do, because if we can get this fire going, <laughs> it'll burn all, all that trash in me and in you. All that stinking thinking, the buts, and we thought, and all this is we think, because we can think a lot of rubbish, you know. We need this to straighten us out, don't we? We do, don't we? But this is what Jeremiah said in Jeremiah 20. And they were deriding Jeremiah 27. The Lord said, I was deceived me. I was deceived. I'm in derision daily, Jeremiah says. I'm in derision. People are deriding me. Well, if you walk in the Spirit and you get religious people, they're going to deride you. They think you're off the rails. They don't like this jumping and shouting and praising God and, and all this, you know. They don't like it. They want it all sort of... Uh, they did like a few candles and they want it all to be quiet and all says eight and all this and that. But if you've got the joy of the Lord, you can't keep it quiet, can you? And this is what Jeremiah said. I will not make mention of him. So Jeremiah said, I'm not going to make any more mention of him, nor speak any more of his name. But, he says, <laughs> another but. <laughs> his word was in my heart as a burning fire. <laughs> Shut up in my bones. <laughs> he couldn't do nothing about it because it was burning. <laughs> and that's what's got to happen to us. We've got to get start burning. <laughs> and you know, it is. If we can get hold of this, it will happen. Well, you know when they made the sac when Moses made that tabernacle and he built that brazen altar, he didn't go down to Liddles and get some firelighters. <laughs> No, he put the sacrifice on the brazen altar and it came down from heaven. Didn't it? And the point about it is he had to keep the fire burning. And you've got to keep the fire burning and so have I. We mustn't let all the dead stuff, philosophies, vain deceits that we read in Colossians and all the rudiments of this world and all this stuff put your fire out. Because what you've got is eternal. That came from heaven, that fire. Oh yeah, that came from heaven. What happened on Mount Carmel with, the, with Elijah? Did he light the fire? No, no, no. The fire came down from heaven. And I tell you, we need to believe for the fire to come down on us. But in order for the fire to come down on us, there are conditions. There are conditions. Yeah. That altar's got to be built right. Yeah. That altar's got to be built right. As we said many times about the, the, the Pentecost, there was only 150 there or something, wasn't there? But I suppose a lot of people didn't want to wait any longer and they missed it. But do you need, we need, what we need now in the church is the Holy Ghost and fire. Because with that comes the glory of God. See, the big thing about this incident on the Mayor's Road is, 
these two, is, is, it's wonderful that they understood that it was Jesus and he was alive. And that's a great revelation. You need to get that. He's alive. <laughs> okay, but, but we need to understand that if we're coming to this word, as uh, Jeremiah said, it would become fire shut up in our bones. And when the opposition comes against you, your mind, your, your soul area, your body, or the enemy is firing something at you, when you understand that this word is like fire. In fact, Jeremiah's got another scripture here somewhere. If I can find it. Jeremiah, quite a, a revelation of all this. Um, hang on, let's see if I can find the scripture. This is what Jeremiah says again. Is not my word like as fire? It is, said the Lord. And also, he says, it's like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces. The word of God is fire and hammer to destroy the work of the enemy that's trying to destroy you. You put the word in your mouth and it destroys. It's like a fire and a hammer. They tried to destroy Jeremiah. They never destroyed him. Because God was on his side. And you've got to understand that if you're living to serve the king and you're looking at Jesus and he's the author and the finisher of your faith and he's ministering that word to you and you speak that word, that word is fire. And it's like a hammer. And it's going to destroy the work of the enemy that's trying to destroy you. You've got to understand that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. And he doesn't want you on this earth. He wants you out of it. Like the Arabs want to get Israel off the planet. In the spiritual realm, the enemy wants to get you off the planet. But we've got weapons. We've got a sword. It's the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. We've got a shield of faith. Come on. But you know what happens to God's people? They get so weak, they can't hold the shield. And they can't pick the sword up. But God is here to strengthen you. To say to you, it's not a but yesterday, but Jesus is alive now. And he's here now to minister to you. And whatever you need, you can get. Because if you're a child of God, it's your inheritance. Don't let him steal your inheritance. <laughs> this is yours. It's bought and paid for. Come on. Let's encourage us, one another, to believe what God says. And if we can believe what God says, it, you see, we, got to, we must not be satisfied with second best. We must not give up in the test and the trial. Look, we've all, we're all tested. We're all in tests and trials. We're all going through stuff. 
that the enemy wants to try and belittle you and put you down. But Jesus is our champion. Oh yeah, Jesus is our champion. He's taken the head off Satan. As we heard last night, he's spoiled principalities and powers. He's taken his weapons off him. Come on. He's taken his weapons off him. When, when Jesus ascended and was glorified, he took his blood into that heavenly realm where Satan had access. And he said in John, before he was crucified, he said, now is the prince of this world cast out. He's cast down. Come on. Where are you sitting? Are you sitting on the premises or, sit, or standing on the promises? Come on, we can stand on the promises. We can arise and stand. We can arise and shine, can't we? For our light has come. And I tell you what, I want a burning heart. I don't like some of the stuff I get coming my way, but I think I, think I can put it, put it on the fire. It can get burnt. I can get shot of it. I can get rid of it. And I need to, and, and you know, every one of us has got a house. We can, we can get some clutter, can't we? Oh, I, I don't know where it all comes from. But we can certainly collect some clutter. Well, religion is very good at clutter and relics. But there's no relics on this new and living way. No, no, no. It's a new and living way. It's not an old and dead way. We are on a new and living way, not an old and dead way. Come on. It's been paid for. It's a brand new way. And when you're on this way, the prophet said, no beast, no devil, nothing can get at you. Why? Because you're protected. Isn't it wonderful? <laughs> it's wonderful. I want a burning heart, don't you? When you come to this word, now when you go back, say, Holy Ghost, come. Holy Ghost and fire. Come and burn in me. Burn in me. Oh Lord, touch me. He can burn what that sickness is out of you. Oh yeah, he can. He can burn it out. He can. Jesus has got all power. Nothing is too hard for the Lord. It's absolutely amazing. Jesus is an amazing person. He's just wonderful. He's just tremendous. I was talking to this young lady, and she's been very distressed, this young lady, Christian lady, before I came up. And the enemy has so persecuted her and frightened her, really. And you know, the devil, he, he's, a, he's a persistent one. You know, we've got to understand that this word is fire. It's fire and a hammer. And I said to her, you've got to understand what you've got. Come on. And she said, she woke up earlier in the morning and the Lord was, she had a vision of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord appeared to her. And, and the Lord said, look, look at my hands. Look at those wounds. I paid to deliver you. We are delivered. We are. 
Jesus has set us free, hasn't he? And you know, she said, it was wonderful. Do you know, the, you know, the Lord is gracious, even in our failures. You know, we do fail the Lord, but he's, he's merciful to us, isn't he? He is. And he wants us to go back from here strengthened by might, by his spirit, in the inner man. He wants us to be strengthened so that you'll be strong. You know, you've got to eat the right food. You've definitely got to eat the right food. And this is the food. The word of God. You've got to eat it. That's another thing Jeremiah said, which is very interesting. This Jeremiah is a good bloke. <laughs> Jeremiah says this in another scripture. Jeremiah 15, 16. Thy words were found, he said, and I did eat them. We got to eat it. And thy word was unto me the joy and the rejoicing of mine heart, for I am called by the name, O Lord God of hosts. We got to understand this is our food. This feeds my inner man. This strengthens me. And another wonderful scripture is Jeremiah 30, 17, and it says, For I will restore health unto thee. I will heal thee of all thy wounds, because thou hast called the outcast, saying, This is Zion, whom no man seeketh after. Think what this gospel confronts. It confronts the enemy, and it meets your need. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. The gospel it answers what you do. It's wonderful. It's amazing. I will restore health. And I will heal thee of all thy wounds. That's Jesus, isn't it? Isn't he a wonderful person? Oh, I tell you, we need to keep concentrating on the Lord Jesus Christ. He's a wonderful person. He's wonderful. So remember those scriptures. Jeremiah 30, 17 says, I will restore health to you. Jeremiah 15, 16 says, Your words were found, and I did eat them. Jeremiah 23 says, Thy word is like a fire. Jeremiah 29 says, But his word in my heart was as a burning fire, shut up in my bones. Do you know, when you can get this burning fire, it's like you, you suddenly got heated up. You're no longer cold. You're no longer lukewarm. <laughs> Jesus doesn't like lukewarm things, does he? He says in Revelation, I'll what? 
No, I come in to see, I need to get hold of some stuff. I need to get hold of more. I know that the Lord is trying to change me. And I know the Lord is trying to change you. He wants to develop you. He wants to increase you. He wants to bless you. <laughs> he wants to make you a blessing. So wherever you go, and whatever you touch, will be blessed. Yeah. Why? Because the blessing of the Lord, what? Makes rich. And it adds no sorrow. Isn't it wonderful? Oh, I tell you, that struck me on the road to Emmaus. It's wonderful they knew Jesus, but this is what they said. Did not our hearts burn within us while he opened to them the scriptures? That's Jesus. You see, we've got to understand this, that Jesus is your great high priest. This is the scriptures in Hebrews. Hebrews 10, is it? 19. <laughs> Hebrews 10:19 says, "Having therefore brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh, and having an high priest over the house of God. You are the house of God. We, I am the house of God. We're all part of the house of God. But this is what it says, having boldness to enter in by a new and living way. And it says, let us draw near. This is how you draw near, Paul says, in full assurance of faith. Full assurance of faith. Having your heart sprinkled from an evil conscience and your bodies washed with pure water. So you've got three things involved there in that verse. Three things. Full assurance comes from knowing the Word of God. The Word. Right? Your heart sprinkled from an evil conscience. That is the blood of Jesus. So you need the blood. You need the Word. And your body is washed with pure water. You need the Word. And you need the Spirit. See, you can't approach God if... What, what, you know, people say, well, I'm praying about this. Well, are you praying about it? Prayer is much more than you just saying a prayer. You're dealing with God Almighty now, aren't you? You're dealing with Almighty God. We just read there what Paul says. 
we enter in, having therefore, brethren, enter in the holiest, how? By the blood of Jesus, by this new and living way, through the veil that is his flesh, let us draw near in full assurance faith, having a heart sprinkled of the blood and the word, and let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. You know that you are a spirit, you're a soul, and you're a body. You're triune being, aren't you? You're made in the image of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. When God instructed Moses to build that tabernacle, it had an outer court, an inner court, and it had the holiest place. We know under the old covenant, only the high priest could go in there once a year, couldn't he? But we know when Jesus cried upon the cross, it is finished, the veil was torn. It was taken out. And that's why it says there, he's consecrated through the veil, that is his flesh. His flesh had to be torn to take the veil down. But do you know our problem? If we don't draw near with full assurance of faith, if you've got weak faith and you're not bold, this is what the old preachers say, you don't come at all. I've had problems with this. You can be intimidated by your circumstances and you can be condemned by your circumstances and you can, be, and you can feel, I failed, I've done this and I've done that and I've done the other. Look, we've all, we all have to deal with this. None of us. We're all crackpots, aren't we? You know, the light shines through us because we're crackpots. But... <laughs> But we, 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 be, we have been made anew. We're in a process. I'm being, I'm being, uh, I've been sanctified. I'm being, I'm being restored into the image of Christ. I'm on my way. I'm on my way. And, and God is working on me. But you see, if you don't come, this is what I want to say to you. I don't know whether I can explain this. But I'm coming to see that if Jesus paid that big, big price to get that veil down and you don't enter in you know Henry was all about it on entering in you have to enter in if you want to get the audience of our father and your great high priest guess where you've got to go in to the holiest of all because the veil is down and you can't look at yourself. You have to understand that the blood of Jesus cleanses you from all sin. You've got to understand the word of God washes you. That's why the word is so important, because it washes you. It renews your mind from your own stinking thinking. My butts and we thought and now and all this business, you know, that we've got in our, you know, you know, if it's in the past, it's in the tomb. If it's in the future, you can only live in the now. And you've got, we've got to understand that Jesus has dealt with all this. He's my justifier. As we said last year, my justifier is my sanctifier. And he's my glorifier. And he's going to get you to glory. But if you don't get in there, and you don't get in the face of Jesus, you're never going to be changed, as he says, as we behold him. 
we are changed. But you've got to enter in. You've got to come to that place. And you've got to learn to wait. And if you're dealing with things in your life, well, read John's epistle. You know, one great preacher said he ran John's epistle every day, he said. And maybe if you've got problems with that, read John's epistle every day. Well, one first John of the epistle. There's two little ones, but, you know, and, and, and John the Apostle explains to you, Jesus is there. He's your advocate in your time of need. Yes, we fail, but the blood of Jesus has been shed, isn't it? Your conscience. See, your conscience can keep you out of entering in. Say, I messed up too bad, I don't think I'll bother today. I feel so bad, I don't think I'll pray today. I don't think I can come to the Lord today, you see, I, I messed up yesterday. And then today goes, and tomorrow goes, and the other day goes, and in a week's time you think, oh, the time is gone, and I haven't entered in, and everything becomes harder. This is the enemy's ploy to divorce you from Christ. You mustn't let him do it. You've got to understand that you've got a new and living way been given to you to come, but you've got to enter in. And this is what's so difficult about praying. If you want to see your doctor, you've got to go to the surgery and actually talk to him, haven't you? You've got to have an appointment and sit in front of him and talk to him, haven't you? If you want to pray, you've got to get before your Heavenly Father and your great diapers and talk to them. You've got to enter in, haven't you? But the enemy is very good at keeping you out and me out. He's not going to stop me anymore. I'm going to get in there. Yeah, ask. And you shall knock. Yeah, let's ask, seek, and knock. Come on. we got a heavenly Father that wants to bless you. Think about it. You're his child. He loves you. Don't stay outside. As I said last night in the meeting, you know, the prodigal son, I don't think it's all about the prodigal son. It's all about the elder brother. Yeah. And the church has got too many elder brothers. They're in the house, but they don't enter in. They sit in the meeting, but they don't enter in. Their mind's somewhere else. No, we've got to concentrate on Jesus. Yeah, we've got to concentrate on Jesus. And I, I tell you what, I, I'm, we all have this battle. You've got weaknesses, I've got weaknesses. You've got strengths, I've got strength. But the unfortunate thing, Satan knows your weakness. And that's why you need this word. This word will strengthen you. The entrance of this word will give you light and revelation. Even if you read it and nothing's happening, just read it. Just read the whole epistle. Just keep reading it. And say, Holy Spirit, my great high priest is going to come and minister to me. And he will come. It's wonderful. Do you know... Don't stay outside. Don't be an onlooker. Be a partaker. And you will receive the blessing of the Lord. Isn't it wonderful? Isn't it wonderful what Jesus has done? Oh, I tell you, I'm so thankful to the Lord that he, he opened my eyes. I've been through some stuff, I can tell you. <laughs> it's taken me, I think... Lord, why is it taking me so long to see all this? 
Well, you're young ones. You can get hold of this now. You don't have to go through all the stuff some of his oldies have gone through. You can run with this. You can get hold of it and say, I've got the Lord with me. But you've got to keep looking at Jesus. He is your great high priest. Isn't it wonderful? After the order of Melchizedek. And that's what's so astounding about Abraham, isn't it? His faith brought Jesus on the scene before he was due to come on the scene. <laughs> yeah. He met Melchizedek. That's Jesus. And that's what faith will do. Do you know, God is not moved by need. There are a lot of needy people about. There's only one thing that moves the hand of God, and that is faith. <laughs> You've got to believe what he says. You? And I've got to believe it. So don't go by your feelings. The just do not live by feelings. The just live by faith. And faith comes by what? Hearing. And hearing comes by what? The word of God. Yeah, the word of God. So let's go for it. You can do it. Tomorrow we speak, uh, I want to speak about that scripture, Jehovah Shalom, which uh, is one of the revelations of, of God himself. You know, the seven names of God, Jehovah Jireh, is provided, Jehovah Sidney, our righteousness. But Jehovah Shalom, Jesus, our peace. Oh, Jesus is our peace. If you're in a war at the moment, <laughs> well, I can tell you the war is over. <laughs> the war is over. <laughs> Jesus won the battle. Hallelujah. Isn't it wonderful? Wonderful, isn't it? You know, I, I often think of David, that little shepherd boy, what the anointing brought on his life, what revelation. And you see, when you honor this word, the anointing will come on your life. And the anointing will give you eyesal. You begin to see things you never saw before. And you begin to hear things you never heard before. And your hearing will bring faith. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. And what seems so impossible now becomes so possible. Isn't that right? You know, when in John 21, when Jesus, remember when well, the resurrection of Jesus and Peter said to all the, the disciples, some of the disciples, well, we go fishing, didn't he? He said, we go fishing. He didn't know what to do, did he, Peter? And they'd been fishing all night and caught nothing. And they come back and then there's this man, you know, when Julia spoke on this heavenly breakfast, there's, there's this, you know, man on the beach cooking breakfast and uh, suddenly somebody that's a daylight revelation it's Jesus <laughs> and um, and Peter goes and then Peter talks now uh, Jesus talks to Peter and he says to me feed my lambs he didn't say love my lambs Love my sheep. No, he didn't. He said, feed my sheep. Feed them. And that's what we've got to do. We've got to feed on this. 
Why? Because this is the food that's supernatural. It is. It's supernatural. This is supernatural. The whole world was made with these words. Hebrews says the whole world was framed by the word of God. Jesus says my words are spirit and they're life. Can you get hold of it? Can you get hold of this? That what you've got is spirit and life and that you've got life eternal and that you're just passing through all this mess. Thank God we're just passing through it. We're on our way somewhere, aren't we? And thank God it's a new and a living way. And I've got access to all the power. Wonderful. So when you go back now, you think about praying. I think it's an old preacher, it's called Gurnell. Um, he's a wonderful old man, man of God, Gurnell. And uh, if you can get anybody, you know, I was thinking of Luke actually, I thought if I could remember to buy these books for Luke, I will. But David Wilkerson, you know, crossing the switchboard flame, got these, this huge volume translated into modern English. And uh, what Gurnell does, he's got a whole, whole large chapter on faith, the shield of faith, you know, from Ephesians 6. And, um, and he says, faith retain, you can only, well, Timothy says, 1 Timothy 3, 9, you can only hold faith in a pure conscience. And this is the problem for you and me, you see. That if you don't understand that you're declared righteous, you think you're just a forgiven sinner, and you think you've got to keep asking for forgiveness, and you feel condemned, and your conscience gets bothered, you can't hold faith. You understand? Because when you need that faith in your time of need, is not in your spiritual bank where it should be because your conscience has troubled you. And this is what the old saints say, the trouble with prayer is for people, why their prayers are not working, because they not only fail to enter in, but they fail not to enter in because of their conscience. But Jesus, as I just read to you in Hebrews 10, Jesus has shed his blood. Jesus, you know when the, the spear went in the side of Jesus, out came blood and water. We are born, the church was born then, we are born of the water, the spirit and the blood. And what you've got to grasp is this word when you're reading, reading it is washing you. You're, 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 you're letting words of life come into your conscience, into your mind into your intellect. It's, it's starting to wash you out of all your reasonings and all this worldliness and everything's around you. And he's saying to you, this is the way. Not that way. There's a new and living way. That way is a broad way that leads to death, Jesus says. But there's this narrow way that leads to life. Why? Because this book concentrates 
on one thing. And the world says, I don't want one thing. But if you go that way, you'll end up in trouble. But you go this way. Jesus said, this is the way. I am the way. Isn't it? And this is the way we've got to walk. And it's a narrow walk. Yes, it is. And uh, I heard a preacher recently say, it's not in the big churches. It's not in the huge stadiums. It's in the remnant. Yeah. And I think he's probably right. You can go with the crowd, but are they entering in? I want to enter in, don't you? I pray the Holy Spirit will help you and help me to enter in each day. Lift up your hands to the Lord and say, this is the day the Lord has made. I will be glad and rejoice in it. The Lord, you give me a word today that's going to minister to me. This word is going to be quickened. It's going to be like fire. It's going to be like a hammer that bashes down the enemy that comes against me. Lord, we pray for your people that the anointing will come on these words that they hear and the anointing will break the yoke, break the bondages, break the sicknesses, break whatever the enemies try to take them out. Let them declare, I am a child of God. I am born of God. I am justified by faith. I have the faith that overcomes the world. This is the victory that overcometh the world, even my faith. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we praise you this morning. We praise you, Lord, because you are so wonderful. We thank you, Lord, that you come amongst us. You come amongst us, Lord, and touch us in our point of need. You touch us where we need to be touched. You heal us. You restore our minds. You quicken our spirits. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. We thank you for the victory of the cross, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, that you triumphed over all our enemies. We thank you, Lord, that you are alive forevermore and that you ever live to make intercession for us. Help us to honor you, Lord. Help us to love you, Lord. Oh, we love you, Jesus. Let's have a look.